Turn in your Bibles to Acts, the fourth chapter, and notice with me in verse 33. And it says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Great grace rested upon them all. That's what I'm saying over my life and over your life. Great grace is upon your life. Amen. The Bible says it is as the dew of heaven coming upon you and I. In John chapter 1 and verse 16, you'll notice at the end of the verse, it talks about great grace, one grace after another. Amen. And spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. I wonder what would happen in our lives if grace was increased. If we all purposed in our heart that we are going to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we understand that for grace to grow and grace to increase, we must be given to it. It does not just happen automatically. There are some things that we can do to see even greater grace upon our lives than we've seen up till now. Now, of course, one way we do that, and we've talked about it already, we walk in faithfulness. In other words, whatever God has called us to do, we're going to obey it. And the Bible says that a faithful man shall abound with blessing. Well, that lines up with John 1.16, blessing upon blessing, favor upon favor, heaped up upon our lives. And so as we are faithful then, we can expect the grace of God in our lives to grow. Another way that we can grow in grace is we can grow in humility. If we grow in humility, we will grow in grace. In the book of James, I believe it's chapter 4 in verse 6, it talks about uh, that he, he gives more grace. Well, if he gives more grace, that means we can have more than we have right now. But he gives more grace, wherefore he said, God resists the proud, but what does he give to the humble? He gives grace, he gives grace upon grace unto the humble. Now another way that we can grow in grace and have multiplied, multiplied grace in our lives is what Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 2 says. In the King James it says this, that grace and peace will be what? multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Amplified says, let's read it together. May grace, God's favor and peace, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts be multiplied to you in what? In the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. Are you interested in getting to know Him better? Are you interested in knowing Him more intimately? As you know Him more intimately, you can expect a multiplication, an increase, a great growth of the grace of God in your life. Come on, lift up your hands and say, Great grace! is on my life. life. Woo, glory to God. 
And then grace is our help. Did you know this, that God's helping us a whole lot more than we realize? I mean, you couldn't even gotten up in the morning and made your coffee without His help. You couldn't even gotten to the bathroom without His help. Thank God there's help that comes from the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Now, in the book of Hebrews, in the NLT, it says this. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, that we will receive His mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. I like that, don't you? One translation says it will find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help just when we need it. For every season of life, wherever, wherever you are in life, whether you're a mom having to wake up early in the morning and get four kids ready for school or preschool, or whether you are a caretaker caring for someone who's at the end of their life, whatever you need in your life, His help is available to you. But it requires for us to come to the throne of grace and get it. Not just talking about how bad things are and how difficult things are. Yes, we know things are difficult, but we serve a God who can take difficult things and turn them around, praise God, and make it, praise God, easier for us to do. Now, I looked up Young's literal translation. Notice with me it says this, talking about seasons, that we may come near with freedom to the throne of the grace that we may receive kindness and find grace for seasonable help. In life, we go through a lot of seasons, don't we? We go through the seasons of life. And God is there in every season. He's there at birth. He's there at childhood. He's there in the teen years. He's there in the classroom. Come on, somebody. He's there in the hospital room. He's there everywhere. Every season of your life, you can access the great grace of God. Woo, hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody says, well, I don't know whether I can make it or not. Hey, just lean back. Just trust in. Just rely on God. And know that He is the great way maker. Know this, that He is the one who makes a way where there is no way. And if you're going through a test, you're going through a temptation, He provides a way of escape for all of us. Come on, somebody. Let's give God praise today. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Glory to God. Now let's take this just a little bit further this morning. There is an absolute instruction in the Word of God where you and I are to stand in this grace. We're to access it with our faith. And then once we've accessed it with our faith, we need to stand strong in it. Because we know that the enemy walks about as a roaring lion. He wants to take us out of our place of grace. Now notice with me in 2 Timothy, and I believe it's chapter 2 and verse 1. 2 Timothy 2 verse 1. Now I want you to read this with me. Ready? Read. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in what? 
There's something about God's grace that will strengthen you. Amen? The Amplified Version says it this way. So you, my son, be strong, constantly strengthened, and empowered in the grace that is found only in Christ Jesus. Notice that with me. It is found only in Christ Jesus. We're to be strengthened inwardly in this grace, this spiritual blessing, only to be found in Him. Amen. How many of you know that God has given us authority and He's given us the empowerment to stand strong in His grace and be victorious in this life? Paul addressing Timothy told him this. You know, if it's good enough for Timothy, it's good enough for Mark. If it's good enough for Timothy, it's sure good enough for Raul. Amen? Or Mike, or whatever your name might be. Notice with me in verse 3, here's what he said. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you discovered that you're in the Lord's army? Absolutely. Now notice he says, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, there's going to become, there's going to come some hard times. And what he tells us as good soldiers, as children of God, that we are to endure hardness. Enduring hardness does not mean becoming hard. It does not becoming having a tough shell and being mean and angry in life. No, he tells us to endure hardness. I looked up the word endure. I love this definition. One definition of the word endure is to go through and to live through. I'm in a difficult season. You're going to go through. And you're going to live through. We're going to go through and we're going to live through. Now, there's many things that you and I go through. But to live through, we must draw on His grace. Not just, you know, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm just treading through, I'm just drudgery. No, that's not God's will. God's will is for the life of God that's on the inside of you to rise up, praise God, and quicken you and give you a mindset of, you know what? It's a bad season, but I serve a good God. It's a bad situation, but I serve a God who can turn around any situation. Amen. I may, may feel bad at night, but oh, I'm telling you what, health and joy is coming in the morning. Praise God. I may be sad, I may be grieving, but this grief is only temporary because I know that I'm going to see my loved one again. I know that Jesus is coming soon. Amen. No matter what the season, you've got to not just go through it, but live through it. And to live through it, you've got to draw on His grace and draw on the life of God. Shout at me, I've got the life of God in me. I've got His life. I've got His nature. I've got His ability. I've got the life of God Woo, in me. You've got what it takes to make it. You've got what it takes to go through and to get to the other side. 
You are made out of the right stuff. That was a movie about astronauts. We're not talking about astronauts. We're talking about spirit-filled, the Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, Bible-waking, divine healing believers. Praise God, you've got the right one on the inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. And you need some faith buddies. You need some faith buddies. You need some people that won't pull out the violins. And you also need some people that when you're going through a tough time, won't sit there and preach at you all day like this. Sometimes the best thing you can do when someone is going through is just be there. Just be there. Be a buddy. Bring a meal. Send some flowers. Mow some lawns. Oh, I know I'm preaching good right now. Mow some lawns. Bake some cakes. Do some laundry. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's the love of God. That's the love of God. And love will lift people. Love will bless people. Love never fails. Hallelujah. So be a faith buddy. Be a love buddy. Amen. Bring a word of kindness. Bring a word of grace to those that are around you. Amen. Don't get into this thing of, well, where's your faith at? If your faith was so great, you would blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you better just shut up, you upstart. You're not so hot yourself. I can't believe I just said that. That wasn't very gracious. <laughs> Come on, somebody, let's shout glory to God. <laughs> Whoo! Drawing. Drawing from the life of God in you. Hallelujah. Psalms 23, a familiar verse of Scripture. Look with me in verse 4. And let's read it together. Psalms 23, verse 4. I'll just quote it. He says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. I love how the Passion says this. It says, Even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have have you been conquered by the king is he your lord is he your master i ask you then what's there to fear he says fear will never conquer me why for you already have let's read the rest you remain close to me and lead me through it all the way hallelujah your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so his grace then is with us while we're in the process of getting to the other side. I can look out at this congregation and of course, being your pastor, I know of some things that you've been through. 
And I want to commend you for your faith in God. You made it through. It wasn't easy. It was difficult. But by the grace of God, you're on the other side. You're on the other side. And I want to say to you right now that are going through it, you're going to make it. I said you're going to make it. Because we're going to stand with you. We're going to believe with you. We're going to stand in the grace of God. Somebody says, but Pastor Mark, I've faced so many disappointments in my life. Listen, folks, God's got a new appointment for you for every disappointment. It is not over. It's a new season. It's a new day. Good things are coming our way. So then, His grace is available to you to stand victorious on a daily basis. The Apostle Paul faced this. Look at 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter and the 7th verse. Now we know that Paul faced a difficult time. He said, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. Paul was responsible for really writing most of the epistles in the New Testament. He had the revelation of who you are in Christ Jesus. He had the revelation of where we are in Christ Jesus. And he had the revelation of what we can do now that we are in Christ by the help of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to say, this abundance of revelations was given to me. But on the flip side of it, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of God. No. The messenger of Satan. Somebody says, well, God sent Satan to do that work. God doesn't use the devil to do any work. Mark it down. God's a good God. The devil's a bad devil. And notice with me, it says, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Notice with me, the messenger of Satan came to stop Paul. This messenger of Satan riled up things everywhere Paul would go. This thorn in the flesh was not a disease. Let me summarize to you some of the things that Paul faced because of what he carried. And did you know that you carry some things? You carry the anointed one and his anointing. So don't think it's strange when the enemy comes against you. What's he trying to do? Stop what's on the inside of you from showing up on the outside. He likes to stop revelation, knowledge from getting into our hearts. Some of the things that Paul faced are are summarized in 1 Corinthians 11. He said, In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more often, in deaths often. Verse 24, Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, except one. Thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Verse 27, 
in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without that which comes upon me, the care of all the churches. So these are some of the things that Paul faced to stop the revelation. And Paul was getting tired of it. And he went to the Lord in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 8. Notice with me, for this thing, I went to the Lord three times. He went not just once, not just twice, but he went to the Lord three times. That it, this messenger of Satan, Satan, this persecution, these tests and trials might depart from me. In other words, he went to the Lord and he said, Lord, do this, do that. Oh, Lord, please do something. But notice with me the Lord's response in verse 9. The Lord got back to him and he said, My grace is almost enough for you. No, he says, Paul, my grace is all you need. My grace is more than enough for you. And then he says, why? Because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Paul got it. He, in other words, the the lights went on for Paul. And he said, most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that what? That the power of Christ might what? Rest on me. Oh, dear friends. The power of Christ, the presence of Christ resting on you is all you need in a time of trial. Hallelujah. Paul said, okay, your grace is more than enough. This is what I'm going to do. Praise God. Notice with me in verse 10, it says, Therefore, I take pleasures in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, and in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak... Then am I strong. Hallelujah. Paul leaned in. Paul accessed the grace of God. I like how the Amplified says it. It says this, For when I am weak in human strength, then I am truly strong, able, powerful in divine strength. This is a great example of standing grace. He stood strong in the grace of God. The thorn was Satan's attack against Paul. But grace was God's ability for Paul. Amen. Grace is God's strength in the face of your inabilities, in the face of your tests, in the face of your challenges, in the face of your pressures and your grief. I just dropped by to tell you, God loves you. He's for you. And His grace is sufficient for you. Say that with me three times. Your grace is sufficient for me. Two more times. Your grace is sufficient for me. One more time. Your grace. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Remember that this week. Remember that this week. Your response should be, when you face some difficulty, perhaps this week, your grace, it is sufficient for me. 
Your grace is more than enough for me. Your power will rest upon me. I will not be taken out of my place of grace. I will not be taken out of my place of rest. I will not yield to fear. I will not yield to doubt. But I will yield to this great grace that is more than enough for me. Your grace is sufficient for me. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. One more time. Your grace, it is sufficient for me. One pastor said this, and I quote, What gives me the most hope every day is God's grace. Knowing that His grace is going to give me strength for whatever I face, knowing that nothing is a surprise to God. And so we see here from 2 Corinthians chapter 12 that God provided sufficiency, He provided strength, and He provided the power of God resting upon Paul. And as you and I stand in His grace, there are some things that we can expect. We can expect total victory. We can expect total peace. God is the champion in bringing people from a place of tragedy and destruction to a place of total victory. He's the God of the turnaround. Oh, hallelujah. And He can do it just like this. He can do it just like this. He can cause all of your debts to be eliminated just like this. He can cause arthritis to leave your body just like this. He's the God of the turnaround. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. He can turn things around in your family. He can turn things around in your family. Why? Because He's the God of grace. He's the God of abundance of grace. So don't give up. Don't lose heart. For in due season, you shall surely reap if you faint not. Hallelujah. Turnaround time. Turnaround time. Turnaround time. Turnaround time. Time for sons and daughters to come from afar. Time for the prodigals to come home. Time for them to awake and to, for them to come to themselves and say, what am I doing? What have I done? It's time now to go back to Father's house. It's time now for things that have been irreconcilable to be reconciled. God is the God of the turnaround. Come on, pray, 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 pray. Let's pray about that right now. Turning around. Marrocopasite. Turning pakalite, aratu jeda ale kumre elebu sutu nime shele, alaboroka matia. Father, we thank you for breakthroughs on every front, every front, on the home front, 
in the families, breakthroughs for husbands, a breakthrough for wives, breakthrough for relationships, a repair of the breach, a restore of paths to dwell in. Oh, Makise Lamande. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Let's thank Him. We give you praise, Lord, that you're moving. You're moving by your Spirit. You're moving even right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Pakalite. It is your Father's heart. Hallelujah. It is your Father's heart to see things turn around. Amen. Glory to God. And all the while, all the while, you know that God's working. All the while, you've accessed the grace of God. And His grace has kept you, and His grace will keep you. His grace will keep your mind focused and sound only on Him. And you will know, and you will see the breakthrough, and you will realize great victory. Amen? I believe that. I believe that. Hallelujah. Now, as you and I, and we are victorious... But as you and I get to the other side, here's what happens. We become trophies of His grace on display. And we are set on display, not so that everyone can see how great we are, but so that people can see how great and how faithful God is. You and I can be on display as a fragrant reminder of God's goodness. Trophies of His great grace. Trophies. Testimonies. Come on. Testimonies of His grace. And it releases an aroma. And it releases a fragrance. I call it Eau de Victory. In 2 Corinthians 2.14 now, in the Passion Translation, I want you to read this with me. 2 Corinthians 2.14, ready, read. God always makes His grace visible in Christ, who includes us as partners. Through our yielded lives, He spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Woohoo! Glory to God. So be it, Lord. So be it in Jesus' name. Praise God. There's some indicators of great grace in our lives. One is assurance. Another one is confidence. Another one is we have a none of these things move me attitude. We just have a I don't quit mindset. I'm not quitting. Brenda and I have had ample opportunity to quit and go elsewhere. We could go to Texas and Florida or wherever we, you know, wanted to go to. But God wants us here. And when you know you are in the place of His grace, there's always, praise God, grace for the pace of life. Amen. Wherever you are, wherever He's planted you, there's grace for your pace. There's grace for your race. Amen. So these indicators, a none of these things move me attitude, a we don't quit mindset, and an overcomer's posture. In Romans 8.37 it says, Nay, in all these things 
What are we? We're more than conquerors. More than what? Not the conquered. We're more than conquerors through Him who loves us. Hallelujah. The last scripture I want to look at is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8. So Paul took some punches. We're going to take some punches, right? Aren't you glad you don't have a glass jaw? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, and we're going to look at this in the Passion Translation, right before that we receive communion. Let's read it together. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do. <laughs> Point at yourself and say, Quitting. Is not an option. Point to your neighbor and say, quitting is not an option. You know, when you move quitting from being an option, you'll never quit. <laughs> Let's go on to read the rest of the verse. We're persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down. <laughs> we just keep getting up. We're resilient. We're like that inflatable punching figure. Knocked down, but just keeps coming back up. Keeps coming back up. You know, recently we celebrated one of the birthdays of our grandchildren, and I bought a Bozo the Clown inflatable. And they had such a big kick out of it. I don't, they were kicking him. They were punching him. But Bozo kept coming up. He kept coming up. Now, I don't want to intimate that you're Bozo. Even though some of us have acted like a Bozo. But we could be like that inflatable object. Praise God. You may get down, knocked down, but you always get up. Always get up. You're always resilient. Hallelujah. Never knocked down. Never knocked out. You're always on the way up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Did you get anything out of this series? Great grace is upon you all. In the name of Jesus. Praise God.